Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. I was listening to this podcast and I heard Adam Grant talk about attention management versus time management. And I had never thought about attention management before. Time management is something that's drilled into us so often, especially in the business world. You know, are you calendaring out your day? How are you taking notes on the time that you're that you're spending doing things? My coach has an exercise called the, well, she doesn't call it this, but it inevitably gets called the FU exercise because that's normally the response that she gets from people after a couple of days because they say, I just can't fit anything else into my day. Like, I don't know how you expect me to get any more done because I don't have any more time in the day. And so she asks them to write down everything that they're doing for the day and report back to her with where they spent their day, where they spent their time during the day. And inevitably within 24 to 48 hours or so, they get the FU message of, okay, fine, I get it. I get, I get the point. And I used to think that was a time management technique until I heard this podcast with Adam Grant. And then all of a sudden this idea of attention management clicked. And it made so much sense in what I was doing and where I'm at in my life right now and the changes that I've made because we talk so much about the correlation between being busy and productive. Like how many times have you come home from work or your day out, whatever you're doing, and you feel like you've just run a marathon and you haven't actually accomplished anything? That used to be my life so much. I spent all this time at work and I felt so exhausted when I got home. But what had I actually done? What what things that needed to get done, what things that mattered had I actually spent some time on? And when you can't answer those questions, it's very difficult to become motivated to do this process all over again the next day. So I recently became really committed to a morning routine. And as part of that morning routine, I started calendaring out my day. And this has never been anything that I've been able to commit to in the past because I used to say calendaring doesn't work for me. But my morning routine really focuses on calendaring out my day and being very intentional about the decisions that I make. So just to give you a little glimpse into my morning routine, I won't go too far into it because I have a whole episode on this recently that you can go track down if you are interested in hearing about it more. But I wake up in the morning, I start my day with a glass of water and some stretching. I do about five minutes of stretching when I first wake up in the morning. My mom will be happy to hear this because I'm 37 and I think for 38 years, she has been drilling into my head that stretching is important and I refuse to listen to her. So mom, you finally got that through my thick skull. 
So with that being said, I start my day off with a glass of water, five minutes of stretching. And then after I do my stretching, I get up and I do journaling. And my journal has any thoughts that I want to get down about my day or my week or kind of what's going on in my head. And then I have a gratitude piece to it at the end of my journal. And then I take my dog out for a little walk, get her some food and water, make sure she's all taken care of and set for her morning. And then I go to the gym and I get some podcasts listening in at the gym. Now, if for some reason, because of my schedule, I can't fit a gym a gym session in in the morning, I still get some podcast listening time done. And then I figure out where else my workout is going to fall in throughout my day. 7.30 a.m. court comes really early and it's not always possible for me to be up early enough to get that workout in that I want to get in before but I do make a commitment to make sure it gets in sometime throughout the day. So that is a little glimpse into my morning routine. And then I have a nighttime routine as well. And my nighttime routine, I look at my calendar for the next day, calendar out on my Remarkable tablet, the Um, things that I need to do for the next day. And then I also write down what my priorities are to try to get accomplished. What do I really want to focus on for the next day? Now, sometimes when I wake up the next morning, those things change. This is my attempt at really kind of focusing my attention for the next day. And this has been working really well for me. I'm going on about three weeks of doing this consistently. And I really feel more focused I feel like the decisions that I'm making are more intentional. I feel like I'm more productive. And that's super, super exciting for me because it hasn't always been that way. So I mentioned the list of things that I really feel like I need to get accomplished during the day. And as part of the morning routine, I do these jam sessions. Now, this Jam session and morning routine idea comes from Darren Hardy. And on my morning routine episode, I posted the link to Darren Hardy's video so that if you want to go track down what he talks about when he creates a morning routine and where I kind of got this formula from, you can go track that down from him. These jam sessions, though, are 90 minutes. And I try to get at least two jam sessions in a day. I'm really hoping to work up to three. And these jam sessions are 90 minutes of uninterrupted time where I focus my attention 100% on the task at hand, whatever that happens to be. Because there are always things that pop up unexpectedly that affect the time that we have available throughout our day. So it is impossible for me, especially in my busy day, to say at one o'clock from one to one thirty, I'm going to do this particular task. And I think that that's part of the reason that I always said that calendaring didn't work for me because I would write out these really strict guidelines of exactly what I was going to accomplish and exactly what time I was going to do it. And then that would go out the window at some point in time during my day between client calls and emergency calls with consultations that needed to get done right away and calls from courts and you know staff stuff that needs to get taken care of. And it's just not always possible to, strict, to stick to that strict... I'm going to do this at this time. And that's just the way life is. So when I started focusing on 90 minute jam sessions and tentatively calendaring them in my calendar, but knowing that the time that they happen is flexible, the important thing is that they happen. 
And kind of on that same point, I don't prescribe a particular task to a particular jam session. So I don't say tomorrow jam session number one is going to be client reviews and jam session number two is going to be an opening brief. I know that I have a lot of things that I need to get done. And so I have a list of things that I need to accomplish. And I make these jam sessions on whatever I feel like working on. So as long as I'm not blowing a deadline out there somewhere, as long as there's not something that absolutely 100% has to get done right now in order to preserve a client's case or in order to make sure that I don't mess up something that I've been entrusted with, then for me, what actually gets accomplished in these jam sessions is less important than that they happen. Whenever we want to make a change, whenever we're looking at making a resolution, it's because something in our life isn't the way that we want it to be. And we can sit down and we can look at those step-by-step actions and we can write them down and we can have the best laid plan. But unless we change who we are, we're not any more capable of following those instructions than we were when we wrote them down on that piece of paper. It seems easy to just sit down and follow steps one through five. And then what happens is towards the middle to the end of January, self-doubt, insecurity, self-sabotage, limiting beliefs, they all get in the way. And eventually we start sinking back into the old habits that we had before because that's where we're comfortable and that's where our identity is. We end up sitting in that same spot until next December when we make the same resolution over and over again. So what I really want to talk about as we go into January is like how to stop that from happening. What does getting better mean so that you can become the person that can change the things that you want to change when you're talking about your resolutions? And here's the worst part about it is that it's one of those things that's really simple, but not easy. We hear about those things all the time. And this is one of them. Getting better so that we can improve our lives requires that we are willing to honestly analyze our current starting position so that we know what we need to do to improve. And that is so painful. And I I don't like to use the word hard because it's only as hard as we make it. We have to be willing to acknowledge our faults and our insecurities and our self-doubts. Because if we're not, then we never truly have our starting position And whatever steps we're putting in place are steps that the person we wish we were could accomplish, but they are not steps that the person that we actually are can accomplish. It's the easiest person for us to lie to is ourselves. And this is why it's so much easier to do this when you have somebody else there with you who can call you out when you start to kind of fib to yourself a little bit about where you're at. Getting better requires that we're willing to get uncomfortable and deal with the emotional reasons for our current actions, the reasons that we might overeat or eat late at night, or the reasons that we're not in the gym the way that we should be, or the reasons that we're overspending. Whatever that New Year's resolution is, there is an emotional reason for those actions. There is a trigger and a reason that there's that self-destructive behavior, and it takes being willing to get uncomfortable and deal with the emotional reasons for that and identify the emotional reasons for that in order to improve our lives. 
being willing to challenge the self-doubts and limiting limiting beliefs that hold us back and learning to recognize our self-sabotage techniques so that when they start popping their head up, we can push them back down again. That emotional eating or the emotional shopping, whatever it is that we sabotage ourselves with when we start to move outside of our comfort zone too much with improvement. Other than the emotional side, there's also that mental side, which is always being willing to learn. Learn from the people around you, learn from books, learn from courses, learn from yourself and your family. Always improve your knowledge base so that you can learn new ways to accomplish your goals because maybe there's better ways to do it than what we've tried in the past. It requires that we quit comparing ourselves to others and analyze what our action steps are. When you start to think about comparing yourself to somebody or when you start comparing yourself to somebody, because I don't think it's something that we actually think about doing, it just kind of comes out and happens. I would encourage you to think about the fact that everybody has their own journey, right? Nobody is the same as anybody else. And that's what makes us great. And that's what makes us unique. That's what makes it to where some people will resonate with you more than they resonate with me. If we were all the same, then we wouldn't be able to touch the lives of different people. But because we're all different, we all have different journeys. We all have different skills. We all have different things that we're naturally good at. We all have different things that we have to work a little bit harder at. You have no idea where somebody's falling on your journey, on their journey, excuse me. You have no idea where somebody is on their struggle bus where what they've had to push through to get to where they are now. You don't know how many times that person has fallen on their face recording a podcast or recording a video or doing the activity that you're looking at them for before they got to the point where they produced the product that you now see as a higher level of product than you're producing. So because we don't know where they're at on their journey, we focus on what we see as their end product, what they're producing right now. And we kind of forget all the hard work it took for them to get to that point. And many times they were in exactly the same spot that you're in, which means that if you could push yourself aside and not compare yourself, but instead just soak up that knowledge and allow them to guide you and help you and coach you, then you could learn so much from them. And I can tell you that this has shown up in my life in so many different ways. When I started doing West Coast Swing and dancing, I was awful and I wanted to quit so many times. And I remember people telling me, don't quit, don't quit. And we would go to these events and I would see these amazing dancers and they would all be willing to dance with me as a beginning dancer that knew really nothing about what I was doing. And I I remember asking them, why don't you get more frustrated? about dancing with people like myself that don't know what we're doing. And every single one of them said, because we remember what it was like to be where you are now and we're excited for your journey. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that sounds like something that you're interested in, the name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.